What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hold the Lane. This is episode two, and I'm really, really excited to get into this. We'll talk more about episode one in just a few minutes, but for anyone that is listening to this for the very first time, this is a podcast that is mainly centered around competitive Call of Duty and the esports scene that follows it. I also enjoy uh, covering any upcoming Call of Duty news when a game comes out, such as the Call of Duty 2020 news that we've been getting nearly every single day now for the past week. We've been getting teasers uh, at noon every single day and deciphering codes and stuff like that. Me personally, I've just been like watching Charlie Intel's Twitter and seeing when they get solved because I'm just worried about when the game gets revealed. I'm not really too worried about the Easter eggs themselves. But aside from COD 2020, on Tuesday, August 11th, the CDL, Call of Duty League, officially announced in a blog post how free agency will work after Champs is over. Champs is over officially on August 31st, I believe. There's only going to be one match that day, and that's the grand final. Best of nine. And so that's going to be a grind to watch. But um, regardless, free agency starts on, I believe, September 14th. September 13th, my birthday, is the last day of the 2020 season. So September 14th is free agency. And in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about what my expectations are for that, as well as some of the big significant points from that blog post and what exactly they mean because I know I had some friends that weren't exactly too sure on what what some of the details meant about like uh, shorter contracts and stuff like that um, and how those affect the starting players that we have now. But before we get into all that stuff and before we get into free agency, I want to get into my personal scuff team of the year. There, there's voting going on right now for basically the all-stars of the Modern Warfare 2020 season, and I, I voted on my team. I know that I might have one player that doesn't really fit, but for the most part, I believe this is probably the best team that you could put together for this year, and we'll talk about that um, right at, shortly after that. I have a few things planned, but let's get right into my CDL Scuff Team of the Year voting for this 2020 Modern Warfare season. First up on the list, it's no surprise that I've got Octane there. Although Octane is on the Seattle Surge, and he's not really looking that great as far as the team goes and the record, uh, he's he's definitely one of the more uh, like outstanding players in the league right now. His overall KD on the season before Champs starts is a 1.24. We discussed that in the first episode, and he's he's certainly in the prime of his career. I believe... He's a little bit older than most like younger pros that are popping off right now, but he's definitely still in the prime of his career. One of the best, if not the best AR, or main AR in the game right now, and the sky's the limit in my opinion, especially with a Treyarch game coming up next and his success on Black Ops 4. Next up on the list, Simp. Uh, you can't really, you can't really um, snub Simp from any all-star team for this game, uh, although... He's not necessarily like the highlight man from from his Black Ops 4 days. He's still one of the best players. You know, he's in the MVP race. He's in the MVP race against Shotzi, so he's definitely deserving to be in this top five for Scuff Team of the Year. His overall KD on the season before champs as well is a 1.17. So 1.17, contending with the likes of a main AR of Octane, an easier role. Uh and stuff like that. So Simp running that SMG, it's it's in my opinion, it's sort of harder to contend with the main ARs, but regardless, he still does it. Next up, my pick for MVP of the year 
um, is going to be in my scuff team of the year as well, obviously, and that is Shotzi. Shotzi from the Dallas Empire. His overall KD on the season before champs is a 1.06, but in my opinion, he's one of the more outstanding players in the entire league just because of how he plays on the map and his sort of his sort of effect on the Dallas Empire and their game and their play style. If it wasn't for Shotzi on the Dallas Empire, they definitely wouldn't be as good as they are right now. I think they have a really, really interesting dynamic on their team with three of the youngest players in the league and uh, really more more aggressive players in the league in the likes of Shotzi, Illy, and Hook, followed up by two two of the biggest veterans in the scene right now, Crim6 and Clayster, uh, giving them the ability to just sit back with their main ARs and, and sort of take their time. I mean, there's been plenty of matches over the course of the season where Clay is literally just chilling while everybody else destroys everybody on the map. Uh, it's It's pretty funny to see. This fourth one here might be sort of a shock to some people, but after the Toronto event and the and the very, very good Toronto event that they had, uh, a player from the Toronto Ultra that I believe is in my scuff team of the year, who probably isn't in other people's scuff team of the year, is Cami. And Cami's overall KD on the season before champs was only a 1.00, but I know that I know that they just had a really good event, but Toronto has been improving a lot over the last couple of events, and Cami in that particular in that particular Toronto event, the last CDL event for the season before champs, Cami just went off. Like whether it be the search, the search and destroys, or the hard point uh, specifically, I remember him going off in a Ramaza search and destroy. I'm pretty sure dropping like over over 11 or 12 kills. So that was insane to see. Uh, just the way that he navigates himself on the map and is able to get in your face. It's really, really fun to see. And then the last one that some people may believe or some people may be shocked to see that he wasn't on the list sooner is Mac from the New York Subliners. Mac from the New York Subliners is one of the catalysts for their team. If it wasn't for Mac on, uh, if it wasn't for Mac sort of stepping up and taking that starting spot from, I think it was zero back in earlier in the season, uh, they definitely wouldn't be as good as they are right now. Uh, the the overall team of the New York Subliners is the duo of Attach and Tommy Zuma, uh, Temp, Accuracy, and Mac. And Mac definitely had a lot to prove this season after he got subbed in, and he's got a lot to prove next season as well with the transition to a new game and how the play style will be. We still know nothing about the next game, but we're slowly getting some teasers that I can't wait to talk about in the future. Hopefully we get a reveal this week. It is currently... 11:54 at the time that I um that I record this, so we're gonna get a new teaser soon. But honestly, I don't really care about them until Wednesday or Thursday. That's that's sort of off topic and not really relevant. But yeah, I wrote in my notes here that Octane and Simp are truly in the prime of their careers. Simp is obviously a lot younger than Octane, but Octane is still at the top level, top two AR for sure. Um, I think. I think next season, with these free agency talks that I'm about to talk about, Octane just needs to be given full reign to sort of build a roster around himself. And I've got some people in mind, but uh, let's talk about the free agency first. So on August 11th, uh, just last week, the CEL put out an article about how free agency is particularly going to work in this next season, and in the off season specifically. And I'm going to go through some of the main points right here and just read them out, and then we can talk about them. 
So the 2020 league year officially ends on September 14th at 3 a.m. Eastern time. So that means it's September 13th at 11.59 Pacific Standard Time. And that'll be interesting to see because that's when free agency, uh, free agency talks can officially start. I don't think we'll see any true announcements for maybe a couple of weeks after that, unfortunately. But that's when the free agency officially starts. So teams who wish to exercise extension options for a player must do so by September 6th, 2020 at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So almost a week before the 2020 league year ends and the 2021 league year begins, there needs to be talks about extending contracts. And something that a lot of people don't really understand since franchising started is that there are many pros, I would say the far majority of pros in the league right now, that have only signed a one-year contract with an option of a second year. So that that says that you're contracted for the entire Modern Warfare season, and then and then you sort of have an option afterwards. You have an option to either stay on the team that you're currently on, or you have um, the team, or you have the option to sort of venture out and talk to other teams. So that makes things a lot more fun for me because I've always particularly loved roster mania and Call of Duty. Roster mania is when people are just going to different teams left and right. You don't really know who's going to show up next. And although it doesn't really give you a lot of structure, it's definitely a really fun time to watch because it's just like, which, what kind of a super team can we build uh, just sort of in this small offseason of a couple of months? And with the game coming out in like November, Black Ops Cold War, you only have a couple of months. You really only have like two months to put this roster together. So the twenty the 2021 league year begins uh, on September 14th at 3 a.m. And when this begins, free agents may begin entering into player contracts with any team in the league if they wish to do so. And that is uh, free agents specifically. Teams may also begin submitting player contracts and player trades for league review. So the teams and the and the free agents get a lot of freedom here once the 2021 league year begins. Players under contract may discuss amendments to their current contract. So just to throw out a name, a player like Skump, who you know is going to stay on the Chicago Huntsman, uh, he could possibly talk to Hex, and you know and they probably do this all the time just to joke around, but they can discuss amendments. So whether it be a higher salary or you know, maybe a longer extension of the contract or something really specific in the contract or a contract, they can talk about that specifically. Teams may not enter into any formal agreements for trades, extensions, or new player contracts outside of the permitted windows. So if it's September 5th, uh, a couple days after champs, you cannot talk about any of these things beforehand. You can't be plotting in the Twitter DMs or uh, texting or anything like that. You can't be plotting your next move before free agency specifically. <laughs> can't even talk right now. Specifically begins. You cannot be talking about free agency to players. Now, one thing that is very new and caught a lot of my friends off guard is that teams may now sign additional players to their roster for 14-day contracts. And this is something that we've never seen in Call of Duty before. And something that I I didn't really know was really relevant in a lot of esports, but I, I'm not. I'm still not too sure if it is. Um, players may become a free agent upon an expiration of their contract, and teams may not sign a player for any more than two 14-day contracts 
before they had to sign the player to an official contract if they wish to play longer. So this does not mean that every single starter in the league and every single bench player in the league is only on 14-day contracts. That would be insane. What it basically means is that uh, just to go back to a, a team like Chicago Huntsman or FaZe, that just means that you have your core starting roster and you have your bench players. And if you want to bring on a new player just, just to see how the dynamic works, you can sign them onto a 14-day, a.k.a. a two-week contract, and sort of see how he meshes with the team. Maybe it's right before an event and you want to see how it goes, which would sort of be insane because that's not really a lot of time to prepare, although teams do scrim every single day nowadays. But once that 14-day contract is up, that player officially becomes a free agent and can talk to any team he wants to. Although you can sign them to a second 14-day contract, that is definitely possible. But then after that 14-day contract, if you wish to play with that player any longer, then you have to sign them to an official uh, league player contract or whatever it's officially called. So then they have to be on your team, whether it be on the starting roster or the bench, whatever you choose. And then now they've they've made some really good changes, which you know I'm always gonna I'm always gonna give the CDL props where props is due. Although there were a lot of things to really hash out in this first season, it seems like they're making some steps in the right direction. So this next little change that we have here is a change around two-way players. And the description around this is any number of players may consent to become a two-way player, which means that they can also compete in challenges if they happen to get benched. So a player that would never get, never get benched, a guy like Simp, but let's just use him as an example. If Simp, for some reason in the world, just sucked horribly at Black Ops Cold War, just fell off the face of the earth completely and was not good at the game, so much so that he got benched from FaZe and was sitting on the bench collecting a salary, he can vouch to become a two-way player where he competes in the Challengers League that doesn't really have a bad prize pool, but he can continue com- he can continue to compete under the FaZe umbrella and still compete in competitive Call of Duty. Obviously, that would never happen, but for certain players that are benched, you can definitely do that. Um, although I don't really like watch his content consistently or really um, you know, see his Twitter feed that much, a guy that was really advocating for a change for this like a change like this to happen is the infamous Doug Sensor Martin. Uh, his his trials and tribulations with the New York, New York subliners were interesting to watch. And this is something that he could definitely take advantage of if he got onto a pro league team on the bench, you know. If he got onto a pro league team on the bench, he could definitely um, use that to his advantage, still stay under the team umbrella and compete in challengers, and that would be really good. Some more details about it, though. Up to two two two-way players from the same CDL team can compete together. So if you have someone like Attach from the New York Subliners and Zuma, those are the only two players from the New York subliners that can play together. You know, if the other ones vouch to become a two-way player, they can also play together, but only up to two players for that particular CDL team can compete together. Hopefully this is all making sense. Um, I'm trying to explain this as the best I can and improve on not talking as fast like I did in the first episode, in my opinion. And after playing in an official CDL game, two-way players cannot compete in challenges for a period of seven days. So if that means if that means you were in a grand final on Sunday of a CDL event, you cannot compete in a challengers event as a two-way player 
for at least another week up until like that that next Monday, which is definitely reasonable. You know, you don't want players flying everywhere and being really flexible because then you would really be you would really be manipulating the system. A challenger's team can have two-way players that belong to, to different teams. So you can have two two-way players from the New York Subliners and another two player, another two two-way players from the Toronto Ultra, uh, playing together on the same team. So that's definitely going to be interesting to see how the bench players sort of take advantage of that and use it to their advantage and sort of leverage their brand and how that works. Yeah, and with how early they have released this information about free agency, it really it really makes me more hesitant that the league will expand anymore in the 2021 season. Um, 4v4 is the biggest rumor that's going around right now. We've been in 5v5 since Black Ops 4, and the big reason that they moved to 5v5 back in Black Ops 4, I remember I was chilling at Longwood University during my first semester there, and I was in the gym, and I was watching the reveal live stream for the competitive community, and Maven was talking about the big switch, and the big reason they talked about it uh, as far as the switch goes is that they wanted pub players and competitive players to sort of have a have a smaller like bridge or a smaller gap to cross to to sort of play with each other, you know. So pubs were five v five in Black Ops Four, and competitive was five v five, and also the maps for competitive at least were designed around five v five. Uh, they were designed smaller, at least most of them were. They were designed smaller with with tighter choke points to to sort of um, appeal to a 5v5 competitive standing. And a lot of people just like to reminisce about 4v4 and how better it was for competitive Call of Duty. Um, they say that it's a little too chaotic for 5v5 to be running as rampant as it is. I don't personally have a problem with it. If you enjoy the game and you like playing it and you know the hard point rotations and things like that, as a viewer, I don't really see it as a bad thing because in Black Ops 4, like I'm still watching Black Ops 4, um, I'm still watching Black Ops 4 like champs videos and uh, Anaheim videos because I was at Anaheim. Um, and by videos, I mean actual series between like 100 Thieves and Phase, Optic and uh, 100 Thieves. Optic and phase, optic and reciprocity. If you enjoy the game like I did, Black Ops Four, it's really not that uh, taxing to watch five v five. Just because I know the hardpoint rotations, I don't necessarily have to see everybody's stats. But if I know the hardpoint rotations and I know the search and destroy bombs and all that stuff and what you should really be doing in the game, it it makes it a lot more fun to watch. So I just think that all this 4v4 talk coming from some of the older pros in the scene, most of them retired, uh, I just think it's more of a nostalgia thing in my opinion, but I mean, some people like to argue about the gameplay, I just I just think it's more of a nostalgia thing. The I think 5v5 is probably one of the best things to happen to competitive Call of Duty because we're pulling viewership like we've never seen before. Um, I don't think we would have had this viewership if it, if it stayed 4v4 and we didn't have some of the storylines that we did. Because some of the storylines that we had in Black Ops 4 were just really, really fun to see. I mean, 100 Thieves was my favorite team, but the, the storyline between them and Optic, it was really, really awesome to see. The storyline between them and Gen G, constantly having close matches. Um, Optic had its had its ups and downs, mainly downs, but they, they still had a story nonetheless. 
Um, the biggest bit of information that we have to back up any speculation about expansion is that Rise Nation, a team that uh, their last appearance was in World War II, they won CW Anaheim, and then I don't know what their placing was for champs, but the last time I remember seeing that team was um, in World War II. It was Gunless, TJ Slasher, and I don't even know the last guy. Gunless, TJ Slasher, and somebody else. Um, Looney. I think it was Looney. They won CW Anaheim in World War II, and they looked like a dominant team because I think that was like their their second uh, chip in that game. So Rise Nation is trying to get back into the CDL. Obviously, it takes a minimum of $25 million the last time that we checked to enter into the CDL, but um, we'll see if they can do that. But obviously, if the if Rise Nation enters into the CDL, in my opinion, they either add four teams or no teams at all. Because I think I said it last episode, the best thing that we could do to make these ev- events more exciting is to have 16 teams, uh, pool play all the teams at each event in a pool play scenario, four groups of four. And then the top two make it out of each pool or each group, in my um, in my opinion. I guess that was sort of a weird way to throw that in there, that phrase. Um, but the top two teams make it out of each group. And then it's an eight-team double elimination bracket. And that would make every single event very, very exciting to watch um, if they have as many events as they did this season. But obviously, for us to expand to 16 teams, we would need at least... Uh, three more after Rise Nation joins. I would personally love to see 100 Thieves join, but that's just a pipe dream that I don't think will happen for at least a couple more years. Um, Nade Shot's comments on the he- on the eavesdrops. <laughs> I'm talking a little too fast here. Just I'm just really excited about this episode. I'll just say that. But Nade Shot's comments on the most recent eavesdrop podcast makes me a little makes me a little suspicious about what exactly is going on on the 100 Thieves side as far as the Call of Duty League goes. I think I think Nadeshot is definitely still interested, but his his explanation in the farewell video was that simply 100 Thieves doesn't have the money that they were asking for, or at least it wasn't a smart investment at the time. And obviously with how the season has gone, it definitely wasn't the smartest investment. Or it definitely wouldn't have been for them, at least. Um, I'm... I'm definitely wanting to see them back in the scene, though. So in this segment of the podcast, I want to talk about my predictions on what certain teams or players will do in free agency and, you know, which teams should make a change, which teams shouldn't. Uh, right off the bat, I'm talking about Octane and the Seattle Surge. I talked about Octane earlier, and I'm just going to reiterate the same things. I want them to pretty much give Octane the keys to the castle. Keep him on the Seattle Surge the best you can because – uh, it's kind of scary if you take him and uh, allow him to go anywhere else. So as soon as you can, give Octane the keys to the castle and let him form a team around himself. In my opinion, you need to bench or completely completely release all of Apathy, Proto, and Pander. And the reason I say Apathy is because his running, his running like story for the past three years has been Apathy is not that good of a player until champs and in my opinion it is not a good thing to have a player like that because if you can only rely on him for the biggest event of the year is it really worth it that's the big debate right now um obviously if i had a co-host we could talk about that a little more 
and we would, we would be talking about a lot more things on this podcast, but since it is a solo podcast, I'm just sort of throwing out my opinion, and hopefully uh, you can tweet me or you know DM me on Twitter your your reactions to all of this. But in my opinion, you want to be as consistent as possible throughout the season, and bouncing off of that consistency, carrying all of that into champs, and with apathy being as as underperforming as he is up until champs, it's it's just not worth it in my opinion. It's just not worth it. And I know that champs this year has the biggest prize pool we've ever had or we've ever seen in this in this scene. It's just not um, beneficial in my opinion. So in my opinion, what would be the most awesome thing to see on the Seattle Surge would be to keep slacked after you drop Apathy, Proto, and Pander, and then you pick up John because John has been absent for the entire Modern Warfare season. Nobody really knows what happened to him besides the casters and any Call of Duty League talent or anybody behind the scenes, any pro players. And what we've heard is that he's only suspended for this year. So once Champs is over and once free agency starts back up, I think we're going to see him back again. He competed. He actually competed at a local amateur um, event. It wasn't Challengers. It was just a local land uh, somewhere close to him. I'm not really sure where. Could have been New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> I can't even talk. I really need to get to this. I really need to get used to this podcast thing, guys. Um, obviously, this is only episode two, but improvement is is the thing that I love documenting the most. I did vlogs in 2017, and just allow me to go on this little tangent for a second before we get back into it. I did vlogs back in 2017, and I practiced a lot before I officially uploaded my first video, and I did improve a lot. I studied um, pretty much how to make a proper vlog and how to really make it enticing for the viewer. I saw some success. I don't even know if I just said that right. I saw some success, and I had a few videos that popped off with thousands and thousands of views, but I stopped, and I've only been making small short films ever since. Why I mention that is because with this podcast, I'm sort of just jumping into it because I want to document my process. I want to document this season and my mindset going into the next season, and I want to look back on this podcast in five years and see... Not how bad these episodes were, but how much I've how much I've improved and how far I've come ever since these first two episodes. So I hope anyone who's listening to these first two episodes and onward, thank you to the people who listened to episode one. Um, I really do appreciate any and all support. Just if you're friends with me, don't judge me too hard because I know in that first episode I was talking really, really fast. So just some food for thought. Uh, a little bit of background on me and my my past on YouTube, but um, let's get back into my predictions on the free agency. I know that was a long tangent, but yeah, basically my thoughts around the Seattle Surge and how Octane can improve his uh, whole entire career would be to pick up John and keep Slacked and then build around that team of three. Slacked and John are definitely fast players, and Octane is that main AR who usually plays a little slower, not not the slowest main AR that we've ever seen, but he definitely plays that role very well. So pick up two more players and build around that team of three. In my opinion, I think it's pretty obvious that FaZe shouldn't even adjust their main roster at all, just because that entire team is so young and full of so much star power that you don't even need to consider a roster change unless the players are having like m- mad trouble with each other. 
like if they're having personality issues or they just can't get along, which it doesn't seem like that's happening, uh, there's no reason to make a roster change. The only point that you should bring up about FaZe, and it's probably not even that relevant because all teams in the CDL don't really require you to move to that state uh, to play for them. I know the Dallas Empire requires you to live in the state, or at least Dallas, somewhere in the surrounding area. Um, and I, I don't think anywhere else particularly requires you to move to that area. Maybe the Huntsman, but I know Formal lives in Cali. Um, but Sim just recently bought a house with his girlfriend in New Jersey. So obviously very close to the New York subliners and their sort of region. Um, so that is, that's something to take note of. That's something that definitely got me a little suspicious. I know that I know that the phase doesn't necessarily require you to move there, but I know that Priesta moved there as a as a result of being drafted or not drafted, but just picked up by the Atlanta phase. I'm pretty sure Crowder's there right now. Maybe not. I think he lives in Cali. I, th- I actually think he lives in Cali. For some reason, I thought he moved to Atlanta at the beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, Priesta moved there. I don't know about the other players, honestly. Um, they, they could all be living there and I just don't know, but I know that recently Simp did buy a house with his girlfriend in New Jersey. So if that fuels any roster mania speculations, that would be interesting to see. I don't think the Dallas Empire should make any adjustments to the roster either. Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, they, they have a, they have a really good structure around their team and especially going into a black ops game where most black ops games are sort of AR heavy with maybe two SMGs flying at you. Uh, it is very, very beneficial for them to have the roles that they do and have Clay and Krim on the AR. Maybe Clay is more of a flex role and then Krim on the main AR and see how they perform like that. One of the biggest notes that I have here on my, on my sheet here is that Optic Gaming Los Angeles is without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, making moves in this roster change period in this free agency window the two months that we have september and october before the cdl starts and it could even be after the game comes out after black ops cold war comes out we could even see plenty more uh roster changes they they have plenty of time i don't think i don't think the first event even is even going to be until like january so realistically you could wait until like late november to seriously form a roster but Honestly, I think that we're going to see most teams announce it before the game comes out. Um, they're going to announce their main roster before the game comes out. And obviously with the with the big trials and tribulations that Optic Gaming Los Angeles has had this entire season with Slasher, Kenny, um, Chino, and J-Cap, you know, those guys getting dropped, Dashy getting dropped, who knows where Dashy's going to go. Uh, maybe he could go to Seattle and build around Octane. Uh I don't think J-Cap should be coming back, so I don't know where he's going to be going to. Maybe he could be a coach or an analyst. But I don't know. Honestly, sort of the same situation with the Seattle Surge. I wouldn't really see a problem around sort of forming around Slasher. Uh, maybe maybe the duo of Slasher and Kenny sticking together. Um, I, just know that, I just know that Octane and Kenny have sort of been baiting people on Twitter as far as like we know that we're going to reunite sometime soon. So they're sort of teasing people on Twitter about reuniting. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe it could, maybe it couldn't. Uh, I, 
I know that they're not happy, obviously. Slasher's never happy with losing as much as he has. But I think he's more unsatisfied with the online format and sort of the server problems that they've had over the course of the entire season. So hopefully going into next season with a better game for competitive and just a better a better outlook on the season overall, I think that they they can see something better with this season. They're definitely going to improve. Hopefully, if we're doing it online, they uh, they find some better way to like either get more servers or just let the players host the games because that's how they did it back in the day on BO3. So I don't see why not. Um, I really don't see why not. They couldn't do that. So I'm going to go to the Call of, Duty, Call of Duty League website and look at the other teams just because I didn't really see the need to, to sort of mention the others. Chicago Huntsman, that's the team where it's a possible destination for Dashy, but even if we stay 5v5, there's no way that RCS and Pristini's breaking up unless they leave to another team, and there's no way that Scump and Formal are breaking up. So, And you don't want to drop Envoy because Envoy is like, he, he's one of the biggest stars this year. Um, he was a huge star on Gen G last year, doing some great things. And you don't want to drop any of the guys on the Huntsman, but I know, and the league knows, that Dash is not happy where he is, obviously. That's why he completely quit playing the game, pretty much. Uh, and if he does play the game, it's just Warzone. Um, so where he lands up will be interesting. Um, so honestly, I don't think they're going to make any moves. I, I can't really see the Huntsman making any moves into next season. I just can't see it happening. Um, the Florida Mutineers, they're definitely going to be making some moves. I think that they're at least, if he even stays on this team, I think he'll be, uh, they'll be bringing in Mox into the starting lineup again. It's just hard to say, though, because of the run that Florida has had over the past couple of events. And especially if they make a good, a good run at champs, that'll be interesting to see what they do with the roster. I think Pharaoh is a lock. I think Pharaoh deserves to be on, deserves, <laughs> deserves to be on that team no matter what. Uh, he's definitely proven himself this year. He didn't have a great Black Ops 4 year with 100 Thieves, but I, th I definitely think he's a player that's going to be sticking around for a long time. The London Royal Ravens, they've been a team that they've sort of they've sort of sniffed a chip so many times and just not gotten close enough to win that chip. I think their last grand final was against the Paris Legion. Maybe? No, it was a semifinal against the Paris Legion where I can't remember what the series count was, but I think it was like a game five maybe. And it was where Paris went all the way, all the way to grand finals and got 3-0'd by the Dallas Empire. But that was pretty much the last time the Ravens saw any sort of huge run out of them. And I'm a big fan of their players. I'm a big fan of Scraps, and I'm a big fan of Wuskins just because of how good Wuskin is with the sniper and what he can do around the map. The problem is that when he's using the sniper in search and he doesn't find that first pick, he's playing a little too slow. And I've heard people like Nameless talk about this and how it plagues their team a little bit. So I personally don't think they'll make any major changes. They're definitely going to be dropping Shawnee and picking up somebody else. But outside of that, I don't see the team breaking up uh, immensely. The Los Angeles Gorillas is definitely a team that will and should be making a roster change. What they do or who they pick up, it's not really 
in the cards just yet, just because I'm not really sure. You know, most people, most fans don't even know who's on the team, much less who they're going to pick up next. But I know that Blast is a main star on the team, and a couple of other great players like Aqua, I believe. Um, hopefully that's the right team that I'm thinking of. And, um, yeah, there, there's just not really a, a big reason for them. Uh, they have Spart, uh, Saints, guys like that. They're definitely solid underdogs, but I don't know if they'll ever make a change. Just moving down the list here, we have the Minnesota Rocker, and they're definitely going to be making a change. Whether or not they keep a seed after champs is the big question. If they make a good run at champs, I could see Exceed sort of negotiating a starting lineup roster spot. I think he'll at least at the bare minimum keep his contract and be a bench player at the very least um, if they pick up anybody big. But I can't see the core of Silly, Alex, and Assault leaving at all, or at least being released, because Alex is sort of a player that you don't want to sleep on, and Silly's a world champ, so you never know what the guy could do. Um, the Newark Subliners, there's really no reason for them to make a change. Like I said earlier, you have the duo of Attach and Zuma. Uh, Temp, Temp is, he's always been a solid player, but never really got the chance to shine until this team, in my opinion. Uh, but he did finally win that first uh, event win. It wasn't necessarily a, a huge caliber tournament, but but for the sake of Temp, I guess I'll count it. Um he definitely won that event. You know, the New York Subliners got that homestand victory, and he finally proved himself. So this is a big week. This is a big week not only for sports fans, but for Call of Duty fans as well. And literally, like most teams, I would say 10 out of 12 teams could probably go home with the title. So we'll see what happens. Maybe 9 out of 12 teams. Uh, Opti Gaming LA, we already talked about them. Paris Legion, uh... You could honestly do whatever with that team, and I wouldn't really notice, honestly. I don't think most fans would really bat an eye if they even made a, made a roster change. And that's just being blunt. Like, they they um, they um made it to that grand final. They made that big run. But they haven't really impressed me enough to really show anything. I think, if anything, like the biggest shocker, I think the biggest shocker roster change would be for Goddard X to go to the Paris Legion just to reunite with uh, Kismet and be on the um, the Paris Legion together. Sort of a throwback to the Black Ops 4 Enigma 6 days. We talked about Seattle, and our last team to talk about is the Toronto Ultra, who just recently won their own home series. And they have a 10-man roster, so like they, they really don't need to be picking up or sort of signing other free agents right now or anytime soon. Bouncing off of their big victory at their at the Toronto Home Series, hopefully they carry that momentum into champs, although it's been almost a month, and see how it goes from there. In the free agency window, though, it's you they don't really need to make a change, honestly. Uh, just make sure you keep methods, keep Looney on the bench, you know, make sure he's at least signed. I think Looney's a I personally think that Looney's a great player. And you can you should do anything that you can to keep him signed. The fact that he's not playing is sort of insane because, like I mentioned earlier in the Rise Nation talks, he's a he's a former champ, not necessarily a Call of Duty champion, but he's won plenty of events in the past with Rise and maybe even with other teams. I can't remember. And he's definitely a skilled player. So lockdown methods, 
um, lock down Kleenex because Kleenex has been one of those players that just showed up on the scene and took the took the league by storm. And I love watching him play. There's only a few players that like I I tune in and like lock into my screen when I watch, and Kleenex is one of those players where I know that he's about to do something crazy when he pops up on your screen. So lock down at least those two players and then see where you can go from there. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the free agency window sort of presents itself. I know that in, in years past, it wasn't as structured as this, and it wasn't sort of yeah, it just structured is the right word. It wasn't as structured as this where teams have to send the send the roster to the league for league review and things like that. Um, so I think the announcements will be a lot more hype than we've ever seen. And I think that we'll be very satisfied with this going into the next season because I'm personally very, very excited to get into Black Ops Cold War and see some sort of multiplayer reveal or campaign reveal for that matter. I hope that we get a beta, but... There's not really much to talk about when it comes to these teasers because we're just getting one every single day where we access something in Warzone that like hints at a Cold War setting. Which, if anyone's been paying if anyone's been paying attention to the leaks over the past couple of months, we've known that it's a Cold War setting in the next Black Ops. And all I want at this point is hopefully they reveal it this week, the week of Champs on Wednesday or Thursday, and hopefully for the love of everything holy in this world hopefully we get a multiplayer beta i i really hope that we get a multiplayer beta i i personally moved back to school on this friday the 21st and one of the best ways that i spent my birthday last year um and maybe even the year before was um playing the beta for that particular call of duty on my birthday so hopefully that happens again i can't wait um i just want to say to close the podcast thank you all for listening i I wrote watching in my notes but i won't be i won't be filming these for a long time um once i move back to school i'm going to be talking to some people about possibly filming these and seeing how that goes i just know that my school has a bit has a very strict mask mandate so hopefully i can sort of get around that with filming the podcast i know that my my department takes filming content seriously so hopefully i can like talk to some people about it um but i really do want to film the podcast in the future because i think that it'll allow me to break out of my shell a little more and even get better at talking and speaking in front of the camera because i i mean as you can tell i've been stuttering like crazy in this entire podcast and like i've been saying i'm just here to document the journey and document my thoughts about the call of duty league and the season um once we get into like episode three, four, five, that's when I'll start trying to improve immensely and really trying to share these to like Reddit and Twitter and things like that. Well, I'm already sharing it to Twitter and all my socials, but then once we get into like episode three, four, and five, that's when I'll be sharing it to Reddit on the COD Competitive Reddit just to just to try to get other people's opinions and get more listens. Not not necessarily because I care about the listening the listens, but just because I care about uh, improving the podcast. I'm just here to sort of follow my passion. I, I may have mentioned it in the first episode, but my dream job in the whole world right now is to, be, is to be a videographer or an editor for one of the Call of Duty League teams. And hopefully with putting out this content, 
consistently and hopefully more consistently than I ever want to. Um, hopefully maybe a couple of days a week. Uh, two, two would be the max for that, obviously. Hopefully if I can do this consistently, we continue, we can continue to put out a good podcast in the future, continue to improve with each and every single one of them. And, you know, sort of carry this on into, into the Black Ops Cold War season. Momentum is one of the biggest things that you can rely on, not only in life, but uh, the game itself. And hopefully I can continue to carry this momentum and improve with every single episode. So you can find Hold the Lane on Spot- on Spotify and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts besides Apple Podcasts for the time being, because I think that within the next couple of days, it'll become available on Apple Podcasts, but ever since we launched, it has not been available. So we just have to give Anchor a little bit more time, and very shortly, we will be available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Google Podcasts if you use that. Um, We'll talk more about free agency and specifically where I would like players to go after champs is over and done with in future episodes if sort of rumors come out about it. I know that the Codburner uh, played a big role in in sort of um, the Modern Warfare season with giving out roster details and, and things of that nature. So if any rumors come out, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, I don't really watch the Challenger scene that much just because it's, it's a lot of players to keep up with the CDL, much less trying to keep up with new players that switch out with almost every single event. So I did watch a little bit of the Challengers event yesterday, and they actually finished out their entire champs last night. And shout out to Triumph Gaming. I think it was War. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's just called Team War in the EU scene. And then I think they're I think they're called Renegades, maybe that won the Australian scene. I could be wrong about that last one, but correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they all won their respective champs, and with guys like Fellow Felony on Triumph Gaming, hopefully we see him in the CDL in the future. He used to be on his last big team before he fell down to the challenger scene was at United, and he got dropped for, I want to say J-Cap maybe, or BZ, one of the two, and we just haven't really seen him much in the Call of Duty League since. So hopefully we see him in the future. I'm personally a big fan of him uh, just because back in Black Ops 3, his infamous play against Optic Gaming with the VMP laser sight, uh, he went on like a nine kill streak against them, and it was just insane to watch at the time. That was actually CWL Anaheim as well. So this is such a big week for me and for people all around the world right now. Uh, The NBA playoffs start today, tomorrow. Uh, the Magic play, which is my favorite team in the NBA playoffs. And then on Wednesday, we get all into this exciting Call of Duty League playoffs and Champs weekend excitement. So the next episode, we'll be talking about every single match that happened from Wednesday to Sunday. And I hope that you all come back and listen to it. Uh, Give me any advice or suggestions, or if you just want to talk about Call of Duty on Twitter, tweet me at DaltonFloyd67, that is D-A-L-T-O-N, F-L-O-Y-D 67 on Twitter. I'm constantly tweeting stuff about Call of Duty or wrestling or things like that just because I have a wrestling podcast too when I'm at school. And I'm, I'm very passionate about both Call of Duty and wrestling. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it for Hold the Lane. If, if you're just now um, 
if you've listened this far is what I should say. If you've listened this far into the podcast, thank you so much for listening to Hold the Lane. Hold the Lane was a name that I just fell in love with, and I hope that it sort of catches on and becomes catchier along the way. And um, I hope that we can uh, design a logo around it soon. Maybe throughout this next year, I can work on designing a good logo around the podcast, Hold the Lane. So until next week, and until we get some of these playoffs matches under our belt, I hope that you all enjoy listening to Hold the Lane. Go back and listen to the first episode to see how far we've come in one week. And uh, what we talked about back then, sort of my background in Call of Duty, and uh, compare your own story. And come back next week for more coverage of the Call of Duty League scene. But until next time, hope you all have a wonderful day and stay up to date with Call of Duty 2020. <laughs> stay up to date with Call of Duty 2020 news. It's sort of a tongue twister, sort of. Have a great day, everybody. I'll be back next week with plenty of coverage.